This very last episode of Watch Out for Fireballs for 2022 is brought to you by our patrons, of course. Uh, you can join them at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. And uh, I want to give a shout out to these specific patrons. We got Michael Kreischer, Andrew Horner, Noah Groves, Zavestris, and Ian Martinez, a.k.a. Make Awesome Pants. Thank you so much, folk. I really appreciate you. Uh, this is a dream job. I really appreciate those those individuals. I thank everybody who's listening, everybody who patronizes us. If you'd like to join, uh, help us out, and get a bunch of cool exclusive downloads and stuff, you can do so at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Please be safe on New Year's. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch, our monthly QA topics listener response episode for the Yule month. Yeah, December last one of 2022, and what a year it has been. Uh let's let's camp out for about 45 minutes on those we lost <laughs> this year. Cue up the reel. Uh, <laughs> the, um, yeah, 2022. What a concept. <laughs> uh, we're we're done with it. Yeah, um, this is our last week, the beginning of our last week of recording uh, mm-hmm. before we take a little vacation. Yeah, uh, take some time off. I'm really excited about it. Same. Uh, need it. Yeah, yeah. Not really. Uh, not not uh, yeah. Not 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 a thing that generally happens. So it's going to be good. We always try and reserve the uh, the week between Christmas and New Year as a. Uh, you know, just a, just a like time a for rest. Yeah. Like a bye yeah. week, you know, it's uh, usually when I do that, I still have all my other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm still recording with Jeremy and still recording with Will and stuff, but this is the very rare year where I'm not Ooh. Uh, doing those things. And, 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 uh, game night and, uh, band practice are out because people Ooh. have stuff going on. Ooh. So I, I have a no obligation week. Oh, that is amazing. Not a one. Like yeah. other than self-imposed obligations. Of course. I'm so excited. That sounds amazing. I'm going to read. <laughs> well, it's going to be great. What a concept. Yeah, I'm going to read. I'm going to relax. I cook some food. <laughs> it's going to be great. Not, I'm going to oh. be in my robe for like two days straight. Oh, man. That, yeah. that, 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 they just, uh, they're going to have to surgically separate that robe from you, bud. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having it melt into me. Mm. And kind of becoming becoming one. <laughs> you know, with the robe. Um, yeah. Unstable molecules of shit. I, I am very excited about yes. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to, so we have these questions, we have your responses, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Duckstream, which just wrapped up, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of the why uh, we, I, we need that time off. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's fun, but you know, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, even if uh, it doesn't seem like it from the outside, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to get started here with uh, cues here with Greg. Uh, Greg says, everyone talks about the best games of the year and sometimes the most anticipated games of next year, but hardly anyone talks about the worst games of the year. If anything, I think it's more important and more fun to discuss these uh, as you can learn from what makes a bad game bad and avoid it, hopefully. 
So Gary and Cole, what is your worst uh, game of 2022? Huh. Worst game of 2022 is difficult. Uh, how about, how about this? I'll say this. I don't know if it's like objectively the worst, but it was very disappointing for me. Uh, the winter's DLC for Resident Evil eight. It's bullshit. Oh, oh, sad. <laughs> I haven't played that yet. Uh, not, not no resentment for you. I don't feel like you're poisoning the well or anything. No, no. Um, yeah. No. No. Uh, like it's not, that's not a game, but in terms of like stuff that give that, that I know came out this year that I also played, uh, man, I was expecting more. Uh, that that's a bummer yeah especially for uh for as long as that took to make you know yeah uh i yeah. mean just th- th- this will definitely be poisoning our realm gary but or poison poisoning in the well uh but gary this is the first resident evil game in which somebody goes to a realm you're in a psychic realm. Uh, yeah why <laughs> they've gone so they're batting zero on the realms um i expect that stuff of, of silent hill years, 24 years no realms sorry no 20 yeah 20 26 yeah. years no realms none at all a quarter century <laughs> a realmless quarter century and then bam realms 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 yep uh yeah that sucks yeah, uh, I don't can't remember if we I think this is one of the souls likes we did before we started Elden Ring. And I can't remember if it came out in 2022, but I don't keep modern with games. Uh, Morbid the Seven Acolytes sucks. Yeah, uh, I I can't remember exactly when that was. It just popped into my head as something I may have played to completion <laughs> um, this year. Uh, I really hated that game. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, for me, I didn't I didn't play a lot of new stuff that came out this year. And then a lot of stuff were like mixed successes or the things that were like a little annoying to me mm-hmm. but they're not bad games at all right right you know like i i got very frustrated and had a bad time with returnal but it's not a bad game mm-hmm. that was last year you though know? yeah well the game came out last year i think we covered it oh yeah yeah we year, covered it this year yeah. yeah and yeah i don't i don't care when things come out if, which is part of what makes me a bad game journalist uh, but I, yeah i don't um i just don't i just don't know there's lots of stuff that came out this year i really want to play Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. I generally agree with uh, with uh, Gregory's statement. Like, I love wallowing in the shit. Yeah, of yeah. like what was disappointing. Like to me, that is very fun. Um, I just didn't get to spend very much time in the shit. Yeah, this year. Yeah. And just I, I don't know. I mean, it's something we did on the level, but this year we we you know for end of the year game discussion kind of thing. It's just like all right, let's not worry about what came out what year. Just like what well, what is your game what in you play? The, what's your game in the year twenty twenty two? Yeah, <laughs> yeah of they game keep of existing. The year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so. It's just it's I don't even know necessarily that's a, a better way to put things. I I just it works better for me. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Autumn writes, thoughts on amnesiac protagonists and games. It's a cliche, but some of the best stories like Disco Elysium and Planescape Torment build their narratives on discovering your forgotten past. Um, I generally like it. Uh, it feels less art. The worst thing. So the, what this does is it, it provides an audience surrogate for exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that is most annoying in any kind of storytelling is when someone's like, as you know, Mm-hmm. We've been living under the the Thronton Empire for the last fifteen years, and it sucked. You know, the Thronton like bastards are gonna pay. Well, the Throntons, uh, yeah. But the 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 idea that characters are telling each other things they already know, mm-hmm. you know, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, and it it's you know it happens everywhere. It happens in all kinds of media. Um, an amnesiac protagonist gets rid of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a reason to ask. 
yeah. uh, for things. Um, it's not the most elegant thing, and it ends up feeling like there are way more amnesiacs in video games than there are in real life, yep. where I haven't met a one. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, you know, it's not like they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's it's as elegant, or, or it's at least a setup. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just ignoring the need for it and just having characters tell each other stuff that they already yeah. know. Yeah. What I don't like is when an amnesiac uh, character is used as a way for somebody into an existing setting, you know, kind of deal like uh, like, oh, you're playing your custom character and you're in the world of X-Men and just like, oh, sorry, you did your your mute, your mutant, your mutant power is that you forget everything that happened before, you know, 10, 10 minutes ago. Uh, but mm. 10 before the game starts What's an example so. of that i don't know uh <laughs> I, like i don't i i was with you in terms of concept but i'm i'm struggling thinking of something that does that here here okay uh, like, like 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 here's a here's a real annoying thing and this is a uh this is a version this is a game that you didn't play it's a game that, that a lot of people didn't play but uh world of final fantasy remember that pokemon like mm-hmm. starring uh a, a bunch of final fantasy monsters instead of pokemon yeah. stuff like it has the waff a, uh initials which is yes. annoying yeah uh that's like a multiverse thing where your characters get uh isekai'd into it you know and then it's just mm-hmm. like oh well here's a <laughs> hey gary you got a package uh I, you know it's it's the season yep. uh it can wait yeah yeah uh but uh it's like oh oh gosh you know the combat is hitting people and a cactor is a cactus monster oh, uh like yeah. that like, like like that that kind of stuff just when like uh it's uh th- th- there's an assumption that they're explaining stuff that the person who thought to buy this would uh buy all rights know 100 percent no yeah yeah like like i definitely get annoyed by that it doesn't for me, it's a lot of times it's not that the uh, protagonist is amnesic in that. It's the developer thinks you've never played a video game before. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of shit drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they don't even make the protagonist amnesiac, though. They just have them. Well, just in case you forgot how to breathe, like, here's how yeah. we do it in this world. Yeah. You know, and, and that shit sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I get it, but it's just I just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben uh, says, and there's a, some summary because it's a, a, a long question. Um, they had taken a 10 year hiatus for the Resident Evil games, uh, and went back through the recent ones and has been having fun, uh, the, and were apprehensive about Resident Evil six, uh, and goes on to say, having played all four campaigns of RE six, I can genuinely say that I loved it. I played in handheld mode on the switch OLED and used motion controls for precise aiming. And I couldn't be happier with my decision to play this game. I missed 10 years ago. I don't know if it's because I didn't pay full price because I played it like a handheld game because I played it a decade after its release with low expectations or most likely a combination of all the above. Is that stupid? Or is it stupid? Absolutely. And I love it for that. I suppose my question is how has critical consensus negative or positive adversely affected your decision to play or not play a game? I include the possibility that positive consensus might cause someone to play a game that they might not otherwise have wanted to play, but felt that they should play anyway. I still resent my time with The Witness and Celeste, but more power to the folks who seem to agree with the vast majority of critics and love them. Uh, and then uh, some nice stuff. Yeah. I uh, said, um, yeah, this is an interesting question. There are things mm-hmm. that will just kind of get a reputation. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then what because of that, I'm like, eh. and a lot of times that is uh, overblown. Mm hmm um yeah th- this is this is a real thing uh set expectations mm-hmm. you know for something and this is all part of the the complicated alignment chart web of kill the hype inside you yeah like yeah. once you kill hype uh this will s- become less of a problem because nothing can live up 
mm-hmm. to to hype. Um, you know, if you stop thinking things are going to be world changing, uh, you'll probably enjoy them more. And yeah. that that's very similar how I went into RE6, which was after it was you know not quite this old, but several years after it had come out co-op with low expectations because it had a bad critical reputation and i had a really fun time with it yeah. yeah um i i mean with resident evil 6 like specifically about this game like i got it played it enjoyed it and i was really curious why i didn't hear anybody talking about it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like this is no. the point where i wasn't uh um uh reading a lot of reviews but i was listening to a bunch of podcasts and i was like when the fuck when the fuck are they gonna talk about this like pretty fun game <laughs> from a massive and then i just realized like oh the reason they're, they're not is because the, the the narrative on this is that it's dog shit and it's, it's like, a well, memory okay. hold yeah. yeah and 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 it's a lot of people have revisited i'm not saying that people who don't like Resident Evil 6 are fooling themselves or are right, necessarily right. buying into the Kool-Aid or anything. It's just a divisive game. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one of those games where it works for some folk and doesn't for others. Yeah. Um, there's different kinds of one of the things. Uh, so we're um, hoping to do a live show this year. It's too early to announce details. But one of the things we want to talk about in it is seven out of 10 games. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot uh, in preparing for that is the different ways something can be seven out of 10. Mm hmm. And sometimes it's uh, does one thing incredibly well, but does everything else kind of dog shit. Mm-hmm. Another way is something like this. Yeah. I think RE6 is a really great example of a seven out of 10. Agreed. Where like seven out of 10 people are going to find it like not very fun, you know, <laughs> are just going to be like, yeah, this, this stuff is really annoying. And uh, this is not dumb in a charming way. You yeah. know, there, there are enough cilantro elements to it to, and, uh, enough mediocre and i say mm-hmm. that in the best possible light of mediocre yeah you yeah. know like not awful but just kind of serviceable mm-hmm. uh elements to it that uh depending on your mood and your kind of psychographic your expectations when you're coming towards it it's either going to land as like oh, that's actually pretty good or land yeah. is like no this isn't worth thinking about <laughs> like it's a, it's a specific kind of seven out of ten yeah yeah um yeah so that, that totally makes sense mm-hmm. um it- very, very specifically what Ben, what Ben is getting at here, though, like it feels like it is a uh, companion to the Bioshock 2 problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, which yeah. is a game that I absolutely like put off playing because I heard like, oh, if you liked the first one, this one is not going to be worth your time or whatever, which fie on those people. Like Bioshock 2 is a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a great very, game. very good game. Yeah, <laughs> it's also that's one of those things, too, where the um, the discourse around something is in contrast with the reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, like that game actually reviewed pretty well. Yeah. No. Uh, it's just like, you know, the discourse was it was nonsense. Like, I, you know, I this is not something I go all in on at all, you know, but mm-hmm. I have noticed a marked difference since I've been not using Twitter as much that like I'm getting a lot fewer hyper, you know, hyperbolic takes yeah, on things. No. Like I just read fewer people saying like this is absolutely dog shit or this is genius and here's why. Mm-hmm. And both those things suck. Yeah, uh, I don't want that's not good information and I don't want it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I'm just getting less of it. Like yeah. and the reason there's a reason why it shows up like the Internet does that. It's a centrifuge. Um, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's that useful mm-hmm. uh, personally. I, I've had the experience of reputation being good, hurting me more than reputation being bad for something. And yeah, probably yeah. a lot of that selection bias where like reputation's bad. I never find out like I never actually play it. But like. Mm-hmm. One of my big examples with that is Dragon Age Inquisition, which won tons of Game of the Year awards. People really loved it. I think that game sucks. <laughs> um, 
and I was very disappointed playing it. I was like, yeah. oh, seriously, like I'm just gonna pick up MMO shit. This mm-hmm. is just a single player MMO, and this is this is your messiah. Like, <laughs> you know that that's wild. And yeah. then eventually, time kind of caught up, and people were like, no, 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 you know, it's it's all right. Mm-hmm. Like people backed off a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, and then, you, you know, if it's the other way where like the story around it was bad and I ended up playing it and had a good time, like it's hard to find a, it's hard to have like a, like a, an er reaction to that just because, oh, well, I played something I enjoyed. I decided basically as soon as I saw the first screenshots that I was going to play Scorn and I was mm-hmm. very confused when it started getting like panned by people. And I, after I had like already played like a bunch of it, I was like, Oh, this is great. And I was, Oh yeah, no, this just isn't for everybody. It was just made for me. So yeah. if it ends with me still playing something good, it's kind of hard for me to care what the consensus yeah. is because I can be my own advocate for it. And that, you know, I, just affect the people who are within earshot of my words, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. That's what matters to me. The, the, the discourse and the conversation around something is interesting of professional and personal interest uh, to me, but part of the remit of the network and stuff we've always been trying to do uh, is that like the relationship between the player and the game is kind of like a, a holy and untouchable thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't take that away. Like we talk yeah. about how, you know, if you had fun, that fun is real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that somebody can influence or that you should allow somebody to influence if they're, if they're, you know, if they're trying or if you start feeling it, like you, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And like that fun that you had with Scorn, like the fun I have with Grand Theft 80s, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, something like that is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really like the discussion is interesting, but it's also a separate thing. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan writes, long time, first time. I'm loving Elden Ring, but I'm really disappointed with the amount of hard light weapons in the game. They refer to like Margit's hammer and arrows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like Sabor's. Uh, yeah. Uh, From usually knocks it out of the out of the park with outlandish pseudo historic weaponry. It's just a tad, uh, just a, just a, just a tad sucky to me uh, when a boss pulls some Green Lantern ass shit from out of nowhere instead of a wicked sword or something. Though that giant glowing gavel is pretty funny. Uh, it's probably a silly gripe for sure. What are your thoughts? Uh, and then some nice words. Um, I, I mean, like the, the the weapons are cool. Like, I don't know, a big part of uh, what's his name? Bendrick's guardian uh, guy is the fact that he's hitting you with a huge bell, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. it's it's hard for me to get my dander up about light, light weapons, though. There, there are fewer of them than it maybe seems. Yeah. It, you know, it's kind of front loaded. And then you go into Liurnia where there's the sorceries that emulate weapons mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes away. Yeah. For, yeah. for the rest of the game, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally it doesn't bug me but i also get bothered by i have little specific pet peeve kind yeah. of things the other thing i would say about elden ring specifically is there are so many weapons uh that are like that like there are maybe fewer bosses who are using something incongruous mm-hmm. as as a weapon which i also really love but i don't know you're eventually you're gonna be able to fight a gigantic guy who uses a pot lid uh that's pretty fun (laughs) you know that's coming um you know there is a little bit of that still so there's maybe a little bit less but it wasn't enough to to trip any alarms for me Mm -hmm. uh uh says uh and thank you for including a pronunciation guide yes i appreciate that uh, because i always feel like a, a, a dope I don't want to disrespect anybody. Uh, They say, hey, guys, 
Finally join the Slack on Saturday and run thank you guys for helping to build such a friendly community to get involved with. Everyone has made me feel very welcome and I was immediately given advice on how to use the Slack as a whole as I'd honestly never heard of it before. I was glad to see you cover Torment uh, as I have as I have it, but I haven't given it a try. I actually found a, found Woff and Duckfeed as a whole getting interested in Planescape last year and finding you guys had the most comprehensive coverage of the game that I could find, so Torment was the next logical step. Gary mentioned that Torment may work better as a collection of short stories, and they're, they're talking about Tides of Numenera specifically. Yes, yeah. uh, collection of short stories rather than one big long plot. Do you guys feel that anthology style video games should be a little bit more widespread? I.e. like Stories Untold, What Remains of Edith Finch, or Kentucky Route Zero, somewhat. Are there any other games that you feel didn't need to be tied together with as strong of an overarching story? It would be uh, just as, if not more successful, being split down. Uh, almost every Bethesda, every Elder Scrolls game except Morrowind. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really want the Skyrim that has no main plot. That's yeah. just a gigantic world with like cool shit to tumble into. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, goes for Oblivion as well. I'm sure it'll be true for Elder, Girl, Elder Scrolls 6. Um, it's kind of true it's certainly true of fallout 3 it's mm-hmm. kind of true of fallout 4 uh it's a big bethesda thing yeah for me that i want that yeah um, uh, i mean i i i have you know, that this has been a saw for me i think since we played fallout 2 which is another very good short story collection uh mm-hmm. you know uh in in, in in effect um yeah i would i would absolutely love to see you know love, love to see more uh, stories untold rules uh, we're going to be talking about what remains of Edith Finch uh, here pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. And e- yeah, I, um, you know, am generally in favor of this, like up to the point where, you know, even though the entries are pretty inconsistent and I am very disappointed with the most recent one, uh, Devil and Me. Uh, but uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, I think, is a very great way to do that kind of that it's kind a really of cool game. Idea. It's a very cool idea. Yeah. And I just I, my my appetite for you know one of those game one of those six hour games every year is is effectively endless. Yep. Yeah, I love short form. Yeah, uh, quite a bit. So yeah, I would love I would love more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there's an interesting question where it's like things that would work uh, better, and that has a corollary question where like if the main plot is subtractive, yeah, to something, um, which is the case of like very specifically Oblivion. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think where do the main quest is dumb. And then once you start doing it, it makes the doing the fun parts harder and mm-hmm. worse uh, there versus if the main quest is just not the draw. Yes. Right. So like you take something like, um, you know, again, Tides of Numenera where the main quest is not bad. It's not horrible. It's just mm-hmm. not as good as all the extra stuff. But then you take something like uh, Planescape. Planescape Torment, mm-hmm. where it is a great collection of little short stories. Like there's all these really cool ideas yeah. that happen constantly in it. And all of your companions have a great story and stuff. But then the main story is also equally additive. That's the mm-hmm. tough part. Yes. You know, um, and that's kind of Obsidian's trick. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with New Vegas, I think. New Vegas has full is is full of little short stories and side paths that are really cool, but the actual central conflict mm-hmm. is very interesting as well. Yes. Um, you know, as opposed to if the central conflict is just a, a distraction and the worst part, you mm-hmm. know, so th- there's kind of a separate access to access. With yes. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I think there are series that definitely would uh, have benefited from being an anthology. Uh, see Silent Hill, you know, like mm-hmm. the continuity between one and three is is neat. But anytime it's like, hey, here's more about the cult and stuff. I would like to learn Pyramid Head Origins. 
<laughs> What's he into? What bands does he like? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, uh, you know, and when they when they tried doing a uh, kind of an anthology approach or whatever, you know, with like downpour or whatever, just it just kind of ended up being the same kind of story. You know, I would like to see that uh, uh, brought brought you know brought in with some variety like that really could exist without with, without the cult continuity i think um and as much as i am a fan of the continuity snarl and Re- snarl and resident evil that could be anthology too i don't need to follow I would love the to same see a good version of outbreak yeah yeah can you imagine a good outbreak <laughs> yeah. like just like here's the city here's 10 separate scenarios but done in the re2 make engine mm-hmm. not like those shitty little dlcs where it's like kendo's story <laughs> going through the same place but just like here's bespoke like a uh you know two thirds of a police station mm-hmm. a bunch of times the equivalent of yeah over and over for for several different characters yeah uh what a dream mm-hmm. you know that would be just wonderful agreed yeah uh let's see here gotham writes uh sometimes it's really hard for me to get into a new game because i have to teach my brain to do something new all my friends have told me that disco elysium is gotham uh but whenever i boot it up my brain goes "Ugh! now you're gonna have to learn these new mechanics and how the systems work with each other why don't you just throw on a podcast and play elden ring for the fifth time as folks who play games for a living uh and have to jump from genre to genre uh how do you get over that hump uh, there's a PS here, which I'll do after we answer this question. Uh, yeah, this is super real. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something I'm, but you're not alone. It's not something I like about myself, but I get this way about everything. Mm-hmm. Like day after duck stream, uh, I couldn't sleep, got home. We're going to talk more about all the recovery and stuff. But I was sitting there and my lovely fiance was like, Hey dude, do you want to watch Willow? Like the, the TV show Willow, like trying to think it would be like a nice low effort you know thing for me because i've been wanting to watch it Uh and stuff i've been saving it and i got an immediate anxiety spike about meeting new fictional characters that is yeah no that was going to be part of my answer on this yeah Yeah, like i just and that's the least demanding thing that there is like it's it's fake Mm -hmm. you know i in my head i i I have i think it's real and i try to be treat myself with kindness i have some self-contempt around (laughs) how hesitant i am around stuff like that but it's real uh, and it's a it's a function of anxiety and exhaustion where like I just have to hang out with the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. You know, I just have to see what Alan Brown's up to. Yeah. Here's my boy. He's going to yell at these people and make them do stupid shit. <laughs> that feels comfortable. Yeah. You know, uh, I get like that all the time and I get that way with games. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for me when that happens uh, and I definitely get that way with big crunchy talky uh, deep games yeah. like that. <laughs> like um, I cannot really describe like we're doing heretic for for work how refreshing that has been that it's just like get get to blasting <laughs> you know hey man you're 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 circle strafing around the monstrous manual yeah do it you know uh here's some cool wands and shit mm-hmm. like no think just go has no. felt great that that is that is such a well I, i'm looking forward to that too i'm gonna play uh, get ahead on stuff over it's break. Fun. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's real but, fun it's uh, kind of better than doom I don't know. It's better than Doom Two. Like it doesn't feel better, and the weapons aren't better. The right. level design is significantly better. They suggest places better, nice. and it's way less like maze like. Ooh, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. But, uh, uh, you know, when I sit down to basically like anything, right, like just uh, just a per, per percentage per sitting like that, like onboarding, it makes things so slow for me because it is such a such an effort to get myself over the hump of investing in like, you know, getting up to speed. So like sitting one will be, you know, three percent of the game. Sitting two will mm-hmm. be like four and then five and then 20. 35 (laughs) until it's over (laughs) (laughs) like once you're up to speed it's there but it really is you know quite a bit uh you know especially if i am you know learning about the learning about the world like you know i keep i keep track you know just because i portion out like assignment play but it's very funny if you look at my like little calendar of like what section of a game i played when like torment was especially big for this because torment uh numenera because it was a new setting and it was just really but like it was just like one mission one mission one mission and then yeah no but i'm the even revisiting it i was like that i did i ended up doing it like that like played the the first you know the intro in one Mm -hmm. sitting and then like the first area of the town and then the next play was the rest of the town (laughs) you know like it it, it exponentially goes up you know like for 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 the for the shows it's fine like i think yeah we um uh we schedule for variety you know, mm-hmm. I think. Try to, both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Attempt to anyway. Uh, but uh, schedule for variety, both in terms of like not wanting to burn the audience out, but also not wanting to burn ourselves out. You know, mm-hmm. so that that ends up being like we kind of force ourselves to like kind of get into like mid dosing that every you know on a pretty on a pretty regular basis. But for like I'm sitting down to play this for for fun kind of stuff, or I'm sitting down to watch this for fun. Uh, I exist in the realm of like I just kind of kind of want to see what's happening at a little restaurant called Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah see <laughs> what that in, family's up to. They, they get into some scrapes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably having some neighbor relations that are a little bit fun. Maybe some economic stuff. I don't know, man. Just, just. Uh, <laughs> it's a, again. It's not something I, I love about myself, and it's something that uh, I sh- you probably need to work on either coming to peace with or changing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about people I know who just keep up with new stuff mm-hmm. constantly. Um, like part of it's because of his job, but my friend Will, who you know, I do everything to get you with, is really good about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's, you know, generally keeps up. Like yeah. what's going on? What's new? And he he knows and he's watched it. He's at least familiar with it. And I can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it's neat. I think, it, I think it's cool. I don't think that my way is more virtuous than his way. I think it no. is probably a good thing. To have your or uh like this is not a, a sphere in which he does it but like ryan who's in my band will keep up with like newer music yeah like has this huge wide swath of music and like um like i'm gonna take a shower i just want to sing along to a couple of songs i i don't want to hear a album i haven't heard before mm-hmm. you know uh and it's something i would like to change that might be my my 2023 yeah no. uh kind of general move mm-hmm. you know try to try to shift a little bit in that direction yeah so uh yeah. Uh, yeah. One more game question here. Yeah. Uh, Doug says, uh, real quick, uh, Gotham also had a PS. Oh, uh, yes. PS. Yeah. Uh, saying, apologies to Cole for being super wrong about the length of Death Stranding, of Death Stranding's ending. Uh, I wasn't trying to spread fake news on the Duck Bees. I just got so angry thinking about the game. Fact checking went straight out the window. You're fine. It, you know, th- this is it's not actually something... five times as long <laughs> as you said. You underestimated it. I'm trying yeah. to spread fake news on the Duck Feeds <laughs> uh, to yeah. besmirch the creator. 
this this is not like it, it is bad to defend your point this way to say like oh well it says a lot about society that i thought this could be true but also like <laughs> if if that's how it felt to you if it felt like two hours and it probably was you know like yeah i mean spread out probably pretty pretty long who, you know? who knows how many times you pause and looked at your phone yeah maybe it did take yeah. two hours because you were bored out of your fucking gourd yeah you know yeah. Just to, you know, no need to apologies uh, to, to apologize. No need for apologies. There we go. Uh, last game question. Uh, Doug, friend of the show, says, I've been thinking about Narita Boy lately. It didn't make much of a splash when it came out. Has S rank visuals and even better soundtrack. I keep in heavy rotation and you all should too. Unfortunately, the play itself is a 7 out of 10 at best, which makes it hard to recommend. I'm curious how you approach a game where one aspect of it is extremely good and outshines the rest, which is only an average at best. What the fuck's a Narita boy? I had no idea. I had to look it up. It looks neat. Uh, it um, is I've never heard of uh, this. Yeah, becomes symphonic in Narita Boy, a radical action and adventure as a legendary pixel hero trapped in a mere echo, trapped as a mere echo within the digital kingdom. Discover the okay. mysteries of the Techno Sword, lock swords with the corrupts. <laughs> You're putting me to sleep, man. Stallions? You're hypnotizing me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, discover the mysteries of the Techno Sword. <laughs> um, uh, uh, re- retro yeah. retro style action platformer looking kind of thing uh with a very aggressive crt filter over stuff gotcha yeah. uh nine out of ten on steam 3.7 out of five out of gog tell it mm. um yeah this is this is related to that uh seven out of ten ness thing yes. that has been thinking i've been thinking about a lot lately um for me i weigh things differently mm-hmm. um i will put up with an ugly game if it has you know great play Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I weigh things towards play. So like slay the spire monster train, you know, like I, Isaac, like those yeah. have a plus play. So I don't really care about their looks. Mm-hmm. I never go the other way. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. just being pretty, but playing like dog shit. I couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good visuals and good for my personal values, good visuals and good soundtrack will never make up for me to right. play right. ever. Um, so the, uh, you know, good theming might, but mm-hmm. visuals and I don't care about visuals and soundtrack Yeah, uh, yeah. for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that that's what would make something like this a seven out of 10 for me is yes. like whether the thing you care about most or like whatever the thing you care about most where it lands, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big one for scorn where for me, a lot of horror is, um, you know, atmosphere. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it is mood. It is how well does it, you know, kind of keep me off center, off balance, uh, you know, the, 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 that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it is not just that it looks the way that it does. It is that it is so committed to the aesthetic and it is so all encompassing, you know, like that is a way in which like looks will factor in, but also looks end up being part of the uh, overall appeal of a horror game generally, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because, you know, horror is presentation to a certain degree um yeah i i I mean i'm just repeating your answer in a different with with different examples but you just have to it depends on what you weigh right you know my example for that would be uh the game gree or greece gris whatever it is yeah yeah beautiful game it is i sucks yeah it's (laughs) not it's not very good it it, it does not uh, you move very slowly there's no opposition and it's very difficult to tell which way to go i you know i don't care if it's a if it's a metaphor what it's a metaphor for or that it's pretty it's just like "Eh, no no there's there's better better places to get that 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a rare commodity. Right. And I just, you know, it's not that there's no talent that goes into it. Like in terms mm-hmm. of it being artful, like I admire the craft that goes into that kind of art the same way I admire the craft that'll go into like a great, great soundtrack mm-hmm. for a game that I don't particularly like, but I just, yes. it's not, I, it's a game. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 a game. I want it to to function yeah. holistically and with all those things. It needs to exist on that level, please. Yeah, that, at least for me. You know, and other people like more power. You know, people who loved Gris, Grease, mm-hmm. Rise, uh, good for you. You know, yeah. I wouldn't take that away from you if I could. I just uh, for me that game sucked. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to life questions, we just got the one. Uh, Maya says, "Hi there, Gary and Cole." As some of the more astute listeners may have gathered, I often ask fluff questions that are more funny and stupid as can be, uh, or more funny and stupid as can be, instead of genuinely pointed questions that engender serious thought and reflection. Perhaps as a result of crippling anxiety and imposter syndrome informing me that I am incapable of asking a genuine question. On that note, do you ever grapple with anxiety or imposter feelings as it relates to your space in both the gaming and podcast spaces? Uh, anybody makes an among us joke i will cry mercury teardrops oh i don't want to do i don't want to do that that seems that like they'd be very painful. poisonous yeah you, what are you a metal gear solid four villain yeah <laughs> uh, uh, that, that's armored armadillo she was forced to eat concrete as a child <laughs> armadillo <laughs> yeah, what is that? there's that that tweet like very yeah, excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just it's just very funny. You said armored armadillo. She, she was forced to eat concrete after Storm Eagle's stage crashed into her <laughs> <layer>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have some pathos, Snake. Uh, <laughs> um so uh the, the answer is probably at some point in the past, but not so much anymore. I I've been doing this for too long to have either of those be a hang up. I also kind of don't don't lead with that and don't uh, make a lot of attempts to like step in and assert that as a kind of importance. I just feel like the fact that I get to do this for a living is a real cool thing. I'm not going to second guess it. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, the, I think the, the the fact that we've been doing it for so long just kind of eroded any of that insecurity or a lot of it anyway. I, and I immediately the thing I'm insecure about is I'm, I'm worried that that makes me sound like an arrogant dick. <laughs> I think that for for me personally, like, I don't think I'm same place. I don't think it makes you sound like an arrogant dick. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, uh, and this is, I'm not calling anybody out and certainly not calling out Maya for having mm-hmm. any of the, those feelings or anything. When I have a relationship with a creator and I'm experiencing their work, mm-hmm. them having uh, intense anxiety and imposter syndrome eventually passes on to exhaustion in me. Mm-hmm. Like I get exhausted with them talking about it. So to my mind, not having those things or not thinking about them too much mm-hmm. can make you a better creator. Yeah. Just in that, like we already spend too much time couching our opinions and hemming and hawing and stuff. Yeah. Like that's a, we talk about that. People call us out on it, everything. If you added to that, like, you know, some imposter syndrome, like, Oh, we shouldn't even be doing this. We're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Just imagine how tired you would get. Yeah. Listening to the episodes on top of all of our, other insecurities. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot about, uh, I really like this creator. I'm not talking shit. I think a lot about, uh, Aaron signal mm-hmm. who watching his career has had some kind of like a little bit. It feels like from the outside, I don't know him, you know, uh, see beginner's guide stuff, right? Like I don't actually mm-hmm. know him, but it seems like from the outside has had a bit of an identity crisis as a creator and what his role should be as a creator. Right. And as he became more ponderous about this and started changing his focus, the content became a little bit less for me. Mm-hmm. He still puts out really great work. 
Like yeah. he did a video about uh, TikTok recently that was great. Like it was basically an explainer for the olds. Oh, uh, you know, which was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how and, and with also some really thoughtful kind of conjectures about what this means and what it could do, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at some point, he was like, "I'm a I'm this creator. It's not my place to talk about big games. I should be championing little games and should serve discoverability. That's the most virtuous thing I could do." Mm-hmm. That the kind of hemming and hawing the process of him going through that that crisis and then where he landed is less interesting to me yeah than yeah. where he was mm-hmm. uh and it wasn't it didn't make to me it didn't make for better content yeah that he he went through that so i think i in my mind i point to the you know when you are doing and again not saying this about maya at all saying this about me things i've done uh when you are self-pitying that is a kind of arrogance mm-hmm um, I kind of think imposter syndrome is a little bit of a kind of arrogance, ironically. Mm-hmm. Like you are just bringing the thing back to you. Yeah, you are always so important that like everyone's going to notice that I'm bad at this. Yeah, when like in fact, like probably not. You yeah. know, you're not that that important. Like you're not an imposter because you're just you doing your thing. You're thinking about yourself too much. Yeah. You know, like my my reaction to this is always like get over yourself, and I I try to live in a get over myself. Yeah, constant yeah. state. You know, get over yourself. Like it is not. You're thinking about this too much. Yeah, you know, let other people decide that. It's and thinking about that is not the work. Just do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? just, <laughs> again, gets back to the work. Capital T, eat capital the pennies, W. Gary. Eat, eat yeah. the pennies. Eat the pennies. <laughs> like just eat the pennies. Your job is to eat the pennies, and it's everyone else's job to decide whether you're an imposter at eating pennies. <laughs> I, I, I just man, as somebody, as somebody who follows a lot of YouTubers, I get really exhausted with the uh imposter syndrome inevitable episode Mm -hmm. that comes out and just like it's it's boring it's like not good content and their job they get to be a complete person their job is not to make the best content for me Mm -hmm. but it's a weird ends up becoming the self-fulfilling prophecy where they end up being more of a you know quote-unquote an imposter making more bad content because they're worried about making bad content yeah you know and, you know, getting back to thinking, you know, thinking a little bit about, like, for me, is so much of what we're doing already is, you know, self, like, I, 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 we're, we're assuming that people want to listen to the things we say about video games. That's focused on the self enough, you know, yes. if I'm going through that kind of thing or if I'm, you know, making some kind of decision, it is not on me, I think, to make that public as part of the pro, you know, part of the product itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah try not to. Like, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't think it's a good look, I guess, is the yeah. the most succinct way to put it. Mm-hmm. And not that you need reassurance, but like those fluff questions are really, really fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's good. <laughs> like, you provided, it provided value. <laughs> like, don't yeah, worry. Ton, tons of value. Yeah. Like, this, this is, you You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. 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 I just realized I asked, I did two questions in a row. Oh, that is a okay. What an uh, imposter. <laughs> moving on to media questions uh matthew writes i recently read midnight in chernobyl after gary mentioned it on unfilmable and found myself really enjoying it are there any other historical disaster books in a similar vein uh that you would recommend uh in the mood to read about some real life human misery and the lessons we can learn from it uh, uh read you... the indifferent stars above <laughs> okay so, sorry I, I i didn't mean to cut you off no, no, no. Uh, I, I was, yeah, I was the uh, Donner Party book that's in fucking incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. 
no, I, I was I was gonna I was gonna throw to you uh, th- throw to you anyway. Um, I've recently been listening to, I or just I, I guess I listened to uh, all of it. Uh, uh, gosh, it's a book about the Holocaust called uh, "Why Did This Happen?" or "How Could This Happen?" Something yes. like that. Yes, yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, read that as well. You, I, 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 I got it on your recommendation. Uh, I, I feel weird saying this, but it's like it, it's kind of. It's it's kind of one oh one in terms of specifics and stuff that I kind yes. of already are you know already got from other sources and and things like that. But it is a very good uh, kind of summary of like why the Holocaust is unique among genocides and what factors led to it happening where and when it did. Uh, yes, which is worth understanding. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not the, as deep as you can get. Yeah, you know, but yeah. It, it, it's it's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, I also uh, really uh, infer this kind of thing, and this is going to sound like you know, this is this is just fun. Uh, I also really like Japan's infamous Unit Seven Thirty One by Hell Gold. Uh, okay, pretty bleak, uh, real hard to to read, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, just fascinating in terms yeah. of you know, you're not going to uh, ring uh, heroism from it, but you are going to learn a lot about um human like there are, there are a lot of human nature kind yeah. of lessons to it it's mm-hmm. just all dark side there's not yeah. really you don't have to hand it to unit <laughs> 731 there, there's no <laughs> there's no like secret silver lining to that no no like i you know i see tons of tons of, of heroism in chernobyl and then like in the indifferent stars above i see tons of like just the absolute stubborn will to live uh-huh you know that people have that's kind of admirable not a whole lot in 731 to to hang your hat on but yeah. it, it was uh it is fascinating and and revealing. Yeah. So. Um uh if you want something that is the opposite of that, uh this is a book I recommend quite a bit. But uh Unit one thirty seven. The one that went around behind seven thirty one and undid all their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like a guy at Walmart with you you know, playing toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah. but it's a book called, uh, I've, I've recommended this several times, uh, but it's called A Paradise Built in Hell uh, that mm-hmm. looks at uh, various disasters uh, and focuses on the way that uh, the communities affected uh, very effectively took care of themselves uh, and really puts the lie, I think, to, uh, let's say, the reactionary assumption uh, that uh, any kind of any kind of chaos uh engendered in an area would cause people to devolve into animals mostly uh, you know historically based on these examples mostly people have um uh done very well at uh, taking care of themselves and it is true that uh we take mm-hmm. care of each other uh people above us tend not to yeah so, uh cinder elf has a question here for cole to cole and just pretend i'm cinder elf asking the question now hi cinder elf uh hello uh, I finally, I, I'm not going to do a voice. I finally listened to all episodes of Radio Free Midworld. I went from having read no Stephen King books to now having read every book covered on the podcast. How much of a chance is there that you will be continuing the show? I'd love to hear your coverage of all the new Stephen King adaptations being made. I seem to remember you expressing some guilt at some point about not finishing the Dark Tower coverage. I want to be clear that I absolutely do not want to be adding to that. It's fine if it's left to where it is. Just want to share my appreciation for getting me into this wonderful world of horror. Yeah, um, I would like to. I would very much like to. There are some changes coming uh, the next year that may free me up to uh, to do something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. which you know, who knows, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to take on a, a, a whole lot of extra responsibility. I don't want anything ongoing, but it would be neat to finish out the series at the very least. Uh, kind of, I am very curious about the uh, newly announced TV adaptation that Mike Flanagan is doing. Also, the mm-hmm. tic- like the TikTok that he put out where somebody asked him, like, hey, do you have like an ideal cast in mind for who you want? And then he just kind of pan- like pointed his phone over and um, Aaron Paul is standing right next to him. So mm-hmm. Aaron Paul as Eddie would be fulfilling every single actually like <laughs> desire I would have for that series right away. So, um, yeah, yeah. So the answer is maybe the desire is there. The guilt is real, but uh, just a matter of logistics. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What does uh, what does Paul say? Yeah. Moving on to some show questions. Paul says, what are what are some tips for having a good time in the Slack channel? To be clear, everyone in the Slack has been wonderful. Seems like a great place uh, with nice people having a good time. But being an active part of it has never really clicked for me. Uh, any tips for enjoying the Duckfeed channel or various discords? Yeah, good. Uh, good question. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like any kind of Internet culture, uh, subculture. There's an established crew. You know, Mm -hmm. there are people who have been there for a while who have a rapport already. Mm -hmm. So you are walking into a party in progress, you know, so that that can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say uh, lurk, you know, kind of get the uh, get the the lay of the land and specifically um, check and see if a conversation is happening before starting a new one. Um, which seems very basic. But I think that sometimes when people post and then they don't get a reply, uh, and I'm not saying Paul did this, but sometimes people will post and not get a reply and then have some feelings around that. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they didn't get a reply is because a conversation is already happening. Yes. You know, uh, so if nothing's happened, you can put a prompt to the room, whatever Mm -hmm. you can uh, participate in an ongoing conversation, uh, that's going on. And there's a good way to kind of get in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just like uh, like any uh, uh, kind of interaction with a bunch of people. It's like, think about it. Okay, we're trying to keep the ball in the air. What I don't want to do is grab the ball and, uh, you know, <laughs> like throw a different ball in, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we can hop in the game as it exists, as it's as it's uh, uh, kind of popcorn and around, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, when a new big new game comes out, mm-hmm. uh, we usually do a big pop-up channel for it. That's probably a great time mm-hmm. because everyone is on the same page. Yes. You know, for that and everyone's sharing information, that'd be a good way to like make some friends, mm-hmm. you know, or at least get, you know, a, a top of who these people are in your head and mm-hmm. then know how to, to interact with them. Yeah. Big um, shared experience like that is good is a good way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would pro- those are probably be my tips. Mm-hmm. Um, so it also don't feel bad if it's just not for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of socializing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be true too. I think some people join the Slack, like, like everyone there, but they're just like, yeah, this doesn't have a place in my life. Yeah, You know, I already have a community. I think that we do have a limit to how many online communities we can conceptualize and be a part of. 100%. Yeah. You know, and and maybe you're you're at your limit and that's okay. No need Mm -hmm. to feel any guilt. Like the Slack isn't an obligation. It's just a bonus that you have access to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it'll be there if you need, like, you know, even if you don't, aren't a permanent member, if you go pop into the Bonfireside chat channel and ask for tips on beating the fire giant, somebody will answer Mm -hmm. you. Yes. You know, it's, it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chapel says, I recently played Demon Souls for the first time on the PS5 since I never had a PS3. I listened to the Demon Souls season of Bonfires I chat while playing, and something that stood out to me was the hilarious disdain you guys had for the audible ad reads. My favorite was from Gary in a raspy voice, quote, Hey kids, this podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Shh. If you go to audibletrial.com slash bonfiresidechat, you get to see a free dead body. 
my question is, did your artistic liberties with ad reads ever cause an issue with the sponsor? Do they have any guidelines or anything for you to follow? <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, <laughs> that's all. I mean, if they did, we didn't get them. Th- that no. was the only sponsor we ever had that wasn't somebody we knew. Uh-huh. You know, like sometimes if, if like we, we've done ad reads for like, for example, Nick Daniels webcomic. Yes. Uh, Latchkey Kingdom. You know, we're friends mm-hmm. with Nick. Uh, and that made it easier. Audible was the only time we really experimented with um, a big anonymous corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they knew that we existed. Nope. Uh, the, and yeah. The the, the way that the, the, that those work and the way that the majority of podcast uh, ads that you hear that, that, that you hear work mm-hmm. is you're basically working on commission. You're only, you only get paid if somebody signs up. Uh, we did not have a rep that we worked with. Maybe possibly if we, uh, we you know, we're bigger, we, you know, we, we might've, what we had was a login portal and we, where we made this, the special url and then just it would it would literally mail me a check uh yep. <laughs> if, if uh if more than three people uh signed up uh it is basically the same like if you're using like an online web service that you pay for and they say hey refer a friend to get five dollars uh, you know five dollars yeah. credit or whatever basically the exact same thing audible did not know that we existed we just did those uh and it was beneath our dignity and we shouldn't have done it and i'm so so happy that that patreon uh uh is more than enough to satisfy our needs uh yeah no no shade to people who do ad reads like i I don't begrudge anyone making a paycheck or making a job out of this thing that is notoriously hard to make a job out of Mm -hmm. i'm just really glad we don't have to yes uh and it would suck Mm -hmm. like if we had to read ads for graphic cards or extreme restraints or whatever it's not that we couldn't make hay out of it. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't believe in it. You know, I nope. just, I just don't like it. And I, I'm not good at, uh, pretending like about right. a thing. So like, you know, I don't, I'm not against an extreme restraint in my day to day life, mm-hmm. but I don't know the the ways in which I'm not against it or not. Don't make good ad fodder. <laughs> it makes really uncomfortable ad fodder. Yeah. You know, that nobody would like it. Make everybody really uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I don't want that. You know, they're my things. I like to bind and be bound. I, I just <laughs> finish stuff. I just need my tools. Um, <laughs> like, it just make everybody very uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. Did. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it is uh, uh, a, a wonderful way in which I have cracked in my life. I have to do a minimum of things that I don't believe in. Uh, yes. And that is a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to lightning round? Yeah, let's move on to lightning round. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, do this here. Jack asks, has the Steam Deck really bricked your Switch like it has mine? Uh, no, I still use both. Um, there are just things that are on one and things that are on the other mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I haven't really switched, which was a fear, mm-hmm. you know, that they would duplicate uh, and one would obviate the other. And it has not worked out that way for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Steam Deck, I've been going to things I can't play on Switch generally, so like bigger uh, PC games. Yeah, and yeah. then Switch is still my home for like roguelites and and things of that nature. There's just a lot of stuff that I already that I already own on the Switch that I yep. will play on that because I don't want to buy it. You know, it's fine. They they like they both fit in the drawer next to my bed. Yeah. Yes. Jonathan says. Did you guys hear that Ralph Innocent is going to voice Sid in Final Fantasy 16? That's kind of fucking wild, right? I didn't hear I, that. 
I, I mean, yeah. British actors work is the thing. So, yeah. you know, if you told me that any British actor was like, oh, going to do something that seems kind of junky, it'd be like, oh, have you seen the work of, of uh, Malcolm McDowell? <laughs> yeah, especially lately. Yeah. And by lately, I mean the last 30 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, it's a real weird choice just for the character. Like I associate Sid with being a little fun. Uh-huh. You know, even when he's not, sometimes he's not a fun guy, but he's at least a right. little bit fun. Uh-huh. And Ralph Vinison has that Satan voice. You know? <laughs> uh, it's incredible. It's one of my favorite voices, but he does not sound fun. Yeah. So it's an interesting choice. That's mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, Bill asks, when are you going to remaster your Sword of Mana episode? Uh, I mean, no, maybe. No. Like, I, I, re- I recently, and by recently, I mean in the past four years, I played a remake of, or not the remake, uh, the like big, the big port of, uh, uh, what, what, what is that one? That was a, oh gosh, Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah. yeah, there we go. It was part of the big like mana collection or whatever. I like it. It's good. Uh, we wouldn't do Sword of Mana. We did that, but also we kind of basically did that game already. So, I, I, I could see I us doing Secret of Mana. Yeah. You know, at some point, like that's on a long enough timeline, certainly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, sort of Mana, I don't want to remaster it, but it would be a different episode now. Oh, yeah. If we no. did it, I, I kind of relish a chance to articulate my problems with that in uh-huh. with modern Gary, but not enough to, to set through all of that uh, absolute drywall dialogue. Yes. Uh, personally. Yeah. So probably not, but we'll do another one in the series at some point, which mm-hmm. will be similar. Because that series doesn't change that much. Right. Uh, Francisco says, consider this. Uh, You decide to retire from DuckFeed, but the contract mandates you provide an immediate replacement for all your shows you're both in. Also, your replacement has to be a video game character. Weird contract. Uh, (laughs) Who would it be? (laughs) Ah, That's that's tough. Video game character. I kind of... Just get uh, Harrier Dubois and Kim Kitsuragi. Yeah, let's just do that. To do both of us, all of the shows. And <laughs> then, the sh- uh, yeah. Because, like, th- that would make Will real happy. Yeah, you know? true. He'd, he'd be able to do, do, <laughs> do shows with that. Uh, Jeremy, get used to it. You know? <laughs> Everybody would be needed to be fine. It's just, yeah. uh, it's it's hard to pin down which, which one of us would be Harrier and which one of us would be Kim. It, it, we were both a little bit. Of, it, it's also tricky because other video game characters, like, there are funny answers for this. Uh-huh. But they don't have like personalities as much like it'd be funny to have like you know bowser or wario or something uh-huh. but like the bowser and wario version of waff will get old I sh- it doesn't seem like it but i promise you after like three episodes you get sick of it yeah yeah like you'd be i want the fart oh, i'd rather kill mario all right then see you next week you know it, it's there wouldn't be a whole lot to it they're pretty yeah. one notes <laughs> we need to be characters that are at least somewhat three-dimensional to work yeah yeah, my, my like my my initial gut for me, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say Sid from Final Fantasy VII, but then I remembered that he abuses his girlfriend. Yeah, it's like no, I don't want to. I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. you're not very much like Sid from I'm just, just because I'm just, like you don't leave the house and you're I, old doesn't mean that you're like Sid. This <laughs> 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 swears a lot, kind of cranky, you know. <laughs> you don't swear a lot, nor are you kind of cranky. Yo, I don't like, swear a lot. <laughs> We swear, but I mean, not especially a lot, not more than like other people. I, okay. your, your self-conception, if you see, okay. if you're seeing sin yourself, I'm very surprised. Oh yeah. 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 No. But it just, uh, I, I, that, that, that is the first thing I, that I reach you, but just because it's the first, it is not, does not mean that it's the best or that I'm 100% convinced. Yeah. A lot of video game characters do a lot of, uh, horrible things. Too. True. 
Yeah. So like replacing them with somebody problematic as Sid. Yeah. Would no. be tricky. Yeah. 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 Hard question. Don't know that I have an answer for it. Yeah. Um, Alicia says an old timey New York deli decides, uh, to name sandwiches after the two of you. Uh, what would the ingredients of each sandwich be? Uh, any special sides toasted or non? What an Uh, honor. I, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, let's see here. uh, I mean, toasted, I would, at this point, I would rather lick the like weird little mat inside of the opening, like an automatic opening door, like at a store, than put non-toasted bread into my mouth fascinating <laughs> i i'm a non-toast boy oh wow i i love if, if i'm choosing chew versus crunch i choose chew mm. i want something to be chewy rather than crunchy wow um yeah i i eat toast every day that's what mm-hmm. i have for breakfast but in a sandwich i prefer non-toasted bread oh man once i toast once is, I realized. is a main course <laughs> toast is a main course i mean i do like a i'll do like a light toast if, if i'm making mm. a sandwich but it's got to be a toast yeah, yeah. uh for me, um, boy, I might do, uh, like, I, I want to find a sandwich that isn't just like a normal sandwich, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a sandwich that, that, uh, that I like to make. Cause I don't want to just be like a bon me. Gary likes a bon me. <laughs> you know, that, it feels very, uh, that just being named after a white podcaster <laughs> sandwich seems bad uh, yeah. to me. So I, I would want to do something that's my root. So I might do, um, a, uh, fried bologna. Ooh, fried yeah. bologna is delicious. Mm-hmm. If you've never had it. Um, might do a fried bologna sandwich uh, yeah. there and uh non-toasted bread, not in a toaster, but uh grilled bread, like yes. a, like a patty melt. Oh man, that sounds very good. Yeah. yeah. With like yeah. a, with a, a blend of like a sharp cheddar for flavor and then an American for melty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like, uh, yeah, that would yeah. be the Gary sandwich. No, uh, no need for sides, whatever the deli feels good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever the deli feels is good. Um, no, that's that sounds good. The uh, the the, yeah. the grilled bread. It's hard for me not to make mine like a kind of grilled cheese, but that doesn't feel like a like a deli sandwich to me. You know, mm. um, true. So I would I would say toasted rye, um, some roast beef, and some pastrami kind of together mm. with, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, with 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 grilled onions and uh, some pepperoni. And uh, just 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 a light uh, just a light bit of like a like a spicy like a spicy like hot sauce or barbecue sauce kind of deal uh, oh. on there. Yeah, yeah, that sounds uh, good. salty, spicy, crunchy. Yeah, yeah. No creamy, not on a cool sandwich. No, no, no you get creamy out of here and cool, cool food. <laughs> you go to hell. <laughs> you go to yeah, cold. No, no creaminess. I'm glad that you added uh, a moist element to it though, because yes. I was expecting it to be dry as the the desert. No, no, yeah. Um, uh yeah let's see here uh what, what's yeah. next yeah morgan morgan says the springfield lemon tree has been stolen again by those pesky shelby villains uh you've been tasked with pulling together members of the springfield community to form an XCOM <laughs> style team <laughs> to infiltrate and retrieve who do you choose for each role in your party <laughs> wait this is getting abstract i i don't <laughs> i never really considered the members of springfield in terms of XCOM. bad on me i guess um yeah <laughs> uh, so boy uh you got to get herman uh in there uh did, you know i mean so do you, do you do you get herman in there or do you get uh or do you get skinner oh well even both skinner's close combat Okay. Yeah. Professor yeah. Her- Herman could be um, like a, a like a marksman, like your sniper guy. Yeah. 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 Or like a bomber. Like he mm. could have a you know a, a, um, what are those things? Um, not a turret, 
but a you drop the thing and it goes boom, and it goes in an arc. Oh yeah, uh, you mean a g- g- grenade? Nope. Uh, you drop <laughs> into a tube. The tube is oh, called mortar. something Mo- like a, a mortar. mortar guy, there we go. Yeah, yeah I give you a mortar guy. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing you use to kill with tube. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of those death tubes you the got. Kill tube, you know, the kill tube army got. Um, the, uh, and then uh, you'd want to have uh, something about like XCOM. So we got close combat specialist, a bomber. You're, you're going to want like a, like, like a stealth, like a stealth operative. Obviously, you get the uh, Springfield cat burglar. Yeah, Malloy. Yeah, you get Malloy uh, in. Yeah, Give Malloy in as the the cat burglar. Um, you're going to want to have kind of a medium, kind of small arms mm. uh, kind of person. So maybe like Snake, Gilbert, ah, Nelson. You get Nelson for medium, small uh, arms. Remember, yeah, Nelson. Yeah, he does have a lot yeah. of guns. You know, and <laughs> then you need like a le- leadership role, like somebody who gives bonuses to everyone else. And I might go sideshow Bob. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's he, he's he's a planner. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, other like. Oh, good. Yeah, we cho- we chose like a lot of non bunglers, which is nice. Yeah, you, you you need you need competence in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. That I don't know. Lemon. <laughs> we gotta get that lemon tree back. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the crew the crew that they assembled to go in there. It's, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, clown shoes. You're gonna bring you're gonna bring Flanders. Like I understand he has the RV, but like, yeah. come on. It's it's yeah it's it's pretty rough. And they brought Homer and stuff. I, and I guess yeah. Homer would be really good as a wild card because he does injure himself mm-hmm. a lot uh, in pursuit of things. So Homer would be a good round out, yeah, and a wild card for this. And he's the protagonist; he can't die. Right, right. You know, uh, eventually Tom- they'll release the Simpsons episode where Homer dies, and it's gonna be real weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Maude Homer's gonna- comes back and. <laughs> He's the kind of guy, you you spin him up and you point him in a direction and he goes, right? Yeah. But you'd want like a bad season Homer. Like ironically, one from one of the worst seasons to watch. Like Mm -hmm. Homer now is actually like kind of caring and supportive and new weird Simpsons. Okay. Uh, You'd want like a like season 17 Homer, Mm. which is just a racist disaster. Like he just goes into other countries (laughs) and makes fun of them mercilessly. (laughs) 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 Um, favela huh i thought that was some yeah. kind of sandwich yeah like, <laughs> and it's just like bam got him yeah <laughs> got him go. homie cross brazil off the list <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um uh yeah what is our uh, final lightning round question here final lightning round from kl uh kl says i've had Shadowrun on the brain lately it's still great even if the systems never quite work out you suddenly gain the powers of amalware farouk uh the Shadowrun king what licensed Shadowrun property do you make with your newfound power and what medium okay new Shadowrun thing mm-hmm. uh we talked about this recently with Hong Kong. The games have covered most of the cool Shadowrun things. Not all of, mm-hmm. but most of. And we just want another game that might happen. So I'm going to cross game off the list. Uh, yes. That'd be really easy. Um, I would love a TV show, like mm-hmm. a uh, a six episode, like not because of, you know, Marvel things, but a Marvel style show, like a Disney plus style six episode or mm-hmm. Star Wars, whatever. Put in whatever thing you don't hate. Um, yeah. Style show of that. That's about the right uh, length about a crew of runners yeah um done by you know i don't feel like we've had a live action cyberpunk short form show right. like that um i think that'd be really rad mm-hmm. uh and you could do anything there you would basically i think you would do like a new story you wouldn't hit up any of the big shadow run things because that'd be season two 
mm-hmm. you would because you have to establish what Shadowrun is and what the universe is. So you would just uh, have them do a run and and just tell a crime story uh, no. through that lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would uh, I would say yeah I would yes and that and say it's not that the uh, that season one builds into season two but do it like an anthology season kind of thing like Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, where each season is about a new crew of runners tackling a different, uh, uh, d- like a, a different job or a different facet of the world. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be great. Uh, you want to talk about Duckstream for a minute? Yeah, this let's episode's talk about running du- a little bit long, uh, and we've done this before and stuff too. So this will be a short yeah. topic section, but we got a debrief. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody. This this was a fantastic Duckstream. I just from a from a results standpoint, you know, the the the, the total that we got, I've not uh, tabulated it yet right, you know, precisely just because of processing processing and transaction fee and stuff, uh but it uh yeah, no, it, it just a just a huge success and could not be more grateful that we uh have have uh, brought generous people in around us. Yeah. Yeah, obviously biggest shout out goes to to people who donated and watched yes. like kept us going and and sane, made jokes participated mm-hmm. and then also uh donated money which is uh you know this uh we talked about this during our end i don't know if it uh came through we are the biggest lifetime donor mm-hmm. of uh of transactive yep um now by quite a bit so again i cannot stress this enough take that ohsu mm-hmm. um oregon health and science university can go fuck yourself uh, we win <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to start this. I want to prosecute this feud next yes. time I'm up there. I just want to go and f- just moon them. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they have a, uh, they have a little like gondola airlift thing or like a okay. little, little car lift thing, which we could, I've never rid before. We could get on it and then moon them. Yes. From, it, from inside. Yeah. Yes. The entire ride up. And all they could do is stop it and strand us there forever until the authorities come. <laughs> <laughs> so but they don't have the balls uh or they would donate more to transactive um yeah so so it's it you know that's a, a really like humbling and uh yeah. you know a, it's a real privilege to be able to do it yeah also big thanks so. to, to to nick and carrie um oh good lord yeah, yeah. <laughs> for you know hosting like i i live in a place now where i could host but it's mm-hmm. so much better there it's a better house uh nick is a technical genius yes um we literally couldn't do our side without nick Mm -hmm. um in addition to just being one of my best friends and just like a hoot and really fun uh he's also like absolutely instrumental uh it would just would not work without nick uh huge Mm -hmm. thanks to nick big thanks to will Will loves to be mm-hmm. down on himself about this kind of stuff, but he's actually, again, hugely instrumental. Would not be the same without Will. And big yeah. thanks to uh, Gwen, this yeah. year, who joined us. Uh, Brayden could not make it. Uh, Brayden was missed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love that man, like family. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gwen did a great job. And I yeah. porque no los dos. Yeah. Like maybe in the future, you know, we, we switch to a five-person crew. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Gwen did great. Came down from mm-hmm. Seattle. Fit in perfectly. And yeah. she is awesome. Yeah. Uh big thanks to the level crew as well for hopping on, being in the chat and on, on my on my side and uh the multiplayer stuff. Man, multiplayer makes the time go fast. hmm yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um so like what were yeah. some highlights like uh, the of, of the actual programming? I feel bad. You know, normally I get to watch at least the that, that first night. I get to watch a, a a little bit of what you guys do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um just as we get stuff set up, but like I kinda I retired to bed pretty quickly because I knew I, I knew what Thanks. was coming. I, yeah, I, I barely was able to watch yours, even though there were 
in comparison to some I was most interested this year. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm not trying to nag previous years. Yeah, this yeah. year I was really interested in what you were doing. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, but I didn't get a chance to watch any of it because I had a really rough recovery, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, night one was very fun, but a little bit. Uh, I feel like a little bit more contained. Like one okay. of the things we were worried about switching away from the 24 hours is like losing uh, wacky energy. But I okay. feel like we really got it in uh, night two. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for me, uh, big highlights of it were um, Nick does a karaoke Ooh. party now during it. So where people donate uh, to assign people songs. Oh, no. And then <laughs> we set it up uh, so it doesn't record the music. It's just us singing. So you have to kind of be there to hear the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was just really great. That was really fun. Uh, just, you know, people keep having Will sing the same songs from Hamilton, which is a little bit annoying. And Hamilton is Gary torture, but I get to have the, the huge absolute surprise belly laugh I get during the part of one of the songs where they just describe the Federalist Papers as if they're the coolest thing that's ever been for like multiple stanzas. It's so funny that that's like everything I thought this was when I was making fun of it is what it actually is. It's such a gift. Um, so, so big belly laugh there. Uh, that was really fun. Um, I feel this is, uh, I'm going to brag for a second. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to do this year was I stole a bit from uh, college humor on YouTube called breaking news, which is you write a script and then people read like a fake newscast. People read it. They haven't read it before and they lose points when they laugh. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I wrote two of those and they both seemed to go over pretty well. And I just felt good because I hadn't written anything for a while. Oh, nice. You know, and like it'd been Uh a while since I've done the zine. Um, you know, where I was kind of writing goofy, funny stuff and yeah. everybody seemed to like it. Uh, hmm. so that felt good. Yeah. Like, oh, I maybe still got it. Like that, that feels good. Cause it's just been a minute since I've tapped into that part of myself. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. It was really fun. Well, I'm sure we'll do it next year. Yeah. Um, how, how was, uh, how was duck through a kitchen? I, that, that, that happened well after my bedtime that night. Uh, I think it went really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was very fun. Um, I overprepared. So I, I made way more challenges than uh, existed. Some of which I thought were very funny that we okay. needed to do. Um, the one that was uh, coal related that was funny was I uh, had a Nerf gun, so I had to hit targets, and I took three pictures of you. So I had like young coal, modern coal, uh, summer beach fun coal, and then I found a guy who looks a little bit like you as like the ditto coal, and they had to try to shoot the ditto coal uh, to, to win uh, from a distance. But that didn't come up on the the spinner. Oh, that's uh, right. Summer. I know exactly what picture you're talking about. Yeah, summer about fun too. call. Beach yeah, party summer. call. Um, the uh, the different colotypes they pulled up uh, were that was very fun, um, and I think that went really well. There is like some you know that that's an edited show, you mm-hmm. know. So there is some like dead air where you just kind of have to talk while people yeah, cook yeah. during it. Um, I'm not sure if we'll do that next year. I it felt a little bit like it was stressing Will out a little bit. I don't want to speak for him. <laughs> Uh, but also, uh, Jeremy and, uh, Autumn, they have fiber internet now. So they're talking about doing a cooking show, like a Ooh. legit cooking show during a block mm-hmm. next year. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll watch that. Like, first of all, they cook like a motherfucker, like having mm-hmm. eaten their cooking, like they're good at it. Uh, and also I love their dynamic. Like they're one of mm-hmm. my all time favorite couples. Yes. Um, so individually they're some of my favorites, but then as, as a pair, they're like a force multiplier. <laughs> uh, I really admire that couple. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, that went really good. Uh, concert went good. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I flubbed some notes, which sucked because it was day two and I was, I, you know, tired. 
yeah. and stuff. If I hadn't flubbed any notes, it was a, a good performance, I think. Like, not our best, but good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the recording came out really well. Like, we could do something with it if I had played better, which there's just a couple jazz notes I threw in there because I was tired. Yeah, well, you know. uh, and yeah, it, it happens. But it was it went really well, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how about you? Um, it went great. Uh, so my concept uh, this time. Normally, I play a, uh, a horror game from front to, from front to back. Um, uh, because I've done so many of the big franchises, I wanted to kind of shake things up a little bit. So what what I ended up doing was I found randomizer mods for the first four Resident Evil games plus the um uh, the remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just had a little wheel spin widget and picked at random, which one I was going to play, uh, either until I got to a complete stopping point, um, or, you know, just until I was like, okay, yeah, this, this run could be viable. Uh, I ended up going, uh, m- making pretty good runs at all of them. Yeah. I mean, h- h- hilarious moments, uh, like, uh, <laughs> Resident Evil two. So you remember at the beginning of Resident Evil two, when you're running through the city streets, there's a point where you go up into like a fire escape and then you come down on top of a, um, on top of a dumpster and it's supposed to teach you like, Oh, you can shoot down and that, and mm-hmm. that works. So, you know, that particular scene, imagine that, but with four Mr. X's, uh, standing at the bottom of the dumpster, just like waiting there to punch you to death. Okay. That's, that's great. <laughs> Had to re-roll that seed. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and then the next seed, uh, you you know this, you know the scene where you're getting through a bus. Like there's yeah. the, there, there's there's a bus you get to get through. Just imagine an end game liquor there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, you wouldn't work yeah. in a game where you couldn't like run past shit. Yes, you yeah. know, like I, I could see, you know, speedrunners and everything have proven that you can get past all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, I, I need to fuck around with those. Maybe I'll do so over break. I can I can send you the uh, the just a zip file with all, with all of it. It's a self contained installation. Uh, it's oh, that's a little, awesome! It's a little bit of a nightmare to uh, to get working, but uh, but yeah, uh, the one that's tricky is the Resident Evil remake uh, one. Mm. Uh, uh, the other funny one was RE4, so that one's a little bit different. Like the items can't be as randomized uh, just because of the way that game does loot. But like enemies, what what ends up happening is stuff that you that is coded as an enemy that you don't recognize as an enemy uh, will uh, get swapped out so in the opening area where you're walking down the basically in the village biome uh there are a bunch of crows that they factor in you know mm-hmm. uh, just uh uh replace the crows with the lady chainsaw people <laughs> with the bandages <laughs> around their eyes they start out up in trees and they come down and they start fall chasing down from the trees <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's wonderful yeah god i love randomizers it's so All good right. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was that that was a tremendous amount of fun um did multiplayer with the level folks as i alluded to earlier i uh, got to play some games that they have been talking about for a long time uh that mm-hmm. uh i just hadn't because i don't do, I don't do a lot of co-op play so like i got to do deep rock galactic that is really fun that's, uh, have you that's played a that? game yeah yeah that's a, that's a wonderful game I really did, like Ver- did Vermintide, which was alienating and confusing because everybody else had done so much of it. I had no idea what I was doing. And the chat was also like saying, you got to got to drink the bone juice. So you get the uh, <laughs> so you get a sense of yeah, humor. So you get a sense of humor. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a little bit alien. Uh, you know, just uh, yeah. other. other but yeah. Yeah. But like it wasn't seems like you. a fine game. It just wasn't wasn't for me. Um, Medieval Left 4 Dead is a fine idea. But then adding yeah. a, a loot kind of progression system to it i think is a bummer yeah uh there's a first person horror themed um among us like called the seat that we did uh on the last day that is really fun um (laughs) 
Yeah, where one of you is a monster and you can transform. Uh, oh, uh, the the Friday the 13th game. I never got to play that. Hilarious oh, cool. fun. Uh, like, especially because you can do proximity chat as Jason. So, like, you know, just uh, making one-liners as you're chasing after somebody. Yeah. <laughs> You know? that's, that sounds that sounds really fun. Something that's great, uh, especially in like that co-opetition kind of deal, is uh, like about you know, great about that crew is that nobody's so invested in winning that uh, like that uh, winning or doing well takes precedence over everybody having fun or putting on a good show. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, you you want to you know you want to play, so it's a game, so you have that bit of it. But if there's something mm-hmm. really funny to do. Yes. Like I, I do stream some of um the Spectre Files, which Deathstalker, <laughs> the Spectre Files, which is an old FMV game that got carried. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you want to know what I did? Um, did you do? Uh, so uh, for my because I'm streaming alone when I don't have somebody on voice chat, and you know I needed to like go make it go go make lunches or whatever. I uh, pre-recorded about 45 minutes of the Spectre Files Deathstalker. Oh, uh, to, excellent! To, yeah. Yeah, so just me like me playing playing and reacting to that as a pre-record and whenever I did whenever I did a standby, it just popped into a random place in that. Oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. we both did some Spectre files uh stuff. <laughs> but like in that, you get you get options that are like a lot of time, it's always the wrong option, but there's always a, like, I want to see where he goes with this. <laughs> like there, there's some kind of, you know, creepy green ghoul or there's the the funky <laughs> phantom who shows up and stuff. And there's just like, I want to see what he's going to do. Uh-huh. And it, it's just transparently a way to sacrifice life to see a cutscene, uh-huh. you know. But I'm always, I always pick those because it's like, yeah, I want to see what the funky phantom's gonna do. <laughs> you know, of course I do. I mean, I'm gonna stone. It, you know, I'm gonna yeah. lose, but and don't you want to see it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I love to see stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the final thing that I did uh, was uh, the, the 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 capstone was an Elden Ring randomizer. Uh, it's there. Uh, it's ready. You can download it and play it. It is beautiful. I walked into Margit's arena, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the stairway leading up to Stormvale, uh, and who was there but the second phase of the fire giant? Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> a very cramped quarters. Yep, uh, and that's great. Down in I, Castle Morn, yeah. where usually it's a Leonine misbegotten. Uh, there's Rikard. <laughs> I love that. He's uh, so big. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I, I gotta play that. I, I uh, yeah, I love that shit. I've been waiting for. I missed whatever the last deal was mm-hmm. uh, on Elden Ring, but I've got it on my like alerts. Yes, for when it. Uh, that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah very cool. Mm-hmm. How um, was your recovery? It was weird. Uh, it's mm-hmm. weird. It's ongoing. I I got home uh, on Sunday morning thinking I would just pass out. Mm-hmm. Uh, laid down in bed and just was like overstimulated. Could not mm-hmm. uh, go to sleep. Like. Was up until about 10. Oh, wow. Uh, fell asleep until one and then got up and was just like, I feel weird and I can't do anything. And I realized part of what I was feeling weird. So one, I didn't eat uh, during the weekend very much. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, uh, this is a good thing, but like ordinarily do some snacking. Uh, I did very little snacking, uh-huh. very little fooding. On Sunday when I woke up, I'd realized like I hadn't really eaten. So I had a little tiny uh, cheeseburger uh, okay. left over from takeout that Liv had gotten and then nothing else. And then went to sleep at like six and slept <laughs> until 4am the next day, woke up like sweaty. Uh, cause my medication interacts with my blood sugar. If I don't eat anything, my medication overcorrects. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all kinds of weird. And then like got mm. up for a few hours, went to sleep for a few hours, went to sleep early last night. Like I just been sleeping a lot. Uh, no. yesterday we recorded a guppy that will come out next week. Um, that is really incoherent. Like I'm putting a lot of words <laughs> in the wrong order. 
yeah, and yeah. transposing syllables <laughs> in, in longer words. Like it's not great. It's not a pretty yeah. scene. I'm feeling a lot better today, but mm-hmm. it was uh, rough stuff. Yeah. So I, the, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, my, my my recovery nowhere near as rough just because I get the better like I get the more standard end of the deal, you know. You, you as far, get the as far as times, times where you usually sleep. Yes. You know, kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Yeah. But just the only the only thing is just uh man, sitting in the same spot for a long time. That is way long. I just don't do that very much. When we yeah. record, it's usually the longest I sit still. Um yep. yeah. Uh like f- physically uncomfortable. So it's it was like my the thing I was most excited to do was like to, you know leave the house and walk stretch my legs stuff like yep. that. So. absolutely yeah i'm uh i haven't gotten really i've you've been i had to clean up the house i've been doing stuff around the house but i haven't really left the house and the weather is getting nasty mm-hmm. over here it's gonna like storm all day oh, um yeah. and rain but i'm looking forward to later this week yeah actually getting my some some legs under me in an outdoor setting yes for that i also like sang and talked for two days straight yeah. So my, my voice was like hamburger, like my throat was hamburger yesterday. It's, it's better mm-hmm. today, but like, you know, it's, and, and huge shout out to Liv who I was just kind of like, Hey, I don't want to talk. Uh, uh-huh. you know, it, it's, it's not that I don't like to hang out with you or I don't love you, but can we just watch something and yeah. I don't have to use my voice at all because it, uh, I just was on and then talk and sang for two days. Yeah. Uh, you know, too much. Mm-hmm. so it's it's you know it's a blast i look forward to it. i don't want to sound ungrateful for the opportunity or anything it just is a lot of work like mm-hmm. it's not a lot of work to do 12 hours like 12 hours is actually nothing now yeah, yeah. for me it's being on for that long yes uh, yeah. and i think that's what was happening when i was trying to go to sleep was in my head i was like ah dead air and, <laughs> and sleeping is dead air you're not uh-huh. providing content while sleeping uh, it's, it's, you know, yes. it's, it's not best practices, <laughs> yeah. uh, but in somehow in my head, I hadn't figured out like, Oh, you know, you're off. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, don't, you don't have to be on right now. Like nobody's watching you. You don't have to entertain them. Yeah. Go um, Jeannie. You're free. Yeah. yeah. I was, I did not feel free, uh, basically all of that Sunday. And then yesterday was my real recovery day. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. but better, really fun. Um, I would love to next year. Um, one thing I was thinking about is doing it a little earlier in the month, which is tricky, but it might make it not butt up with cramming for winter break. Yes. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so that's a, that's an idea I was having, mm-hmm. uh, but looking forward to next year, next year is t- 10 years. So we should do yeah. something. Yeah. I don't we know do. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, uh, very excited, very happy to do it. Uh, love that organization. Really, really, uh, love everybody who donated and very happy to be able to do it. Yes. So. Yeah. Duckstream. Next stream. Uh, let's read some responses. Let's do. Um, I'll get us started, started uh, with uh, uh, a comment here about Torment Tides of Numenera. Real uh, Torment heavy, uh, this, uh, this, this dispatch. Uh, mm-hmm. Gordon says, Tides of Numenera ticks so many boxes for me, so the fact that it just didn't land left me confused. On reflection, I feel like it just never became more than the sum of its parts. Just a collage of interesting little stories, but never combining into a world or setting that people actually lived in and I could care about. How did Planescape Management uh, manage it? Planescape Management. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Planescape Manager. <laughs> like you control the factals and stuff? Or oh, you choose yeah. a factal like civilization? Mm-hmm. Whoa. You know, just ma- maintaining and changing the city? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, how did Planescape manage it? Uh, what were they doing different? I honestly don't know, but I'm hoping you guys have been able to put your finger on the missing ingredients. I think we were. 
we, yeah. we talk about that during the episode. Uh, some people in the Slack did not like that we were spending as much time comparing it, uh, which I, I find really hard not to compare it to, yeah. like, given that it's a specific successor. But to me, it's it's a more relatable and real, like relatable in a way that uh, is a personal thing, you know, the mm-hmm. central conflict, like the uh, regretting things that you've done in the past, you know, regret mm-hmm. can change the nature of a man. And then more real in that Tides of Numenera relies on you feeling responsible for something you just canonically have no responsibility for. Right, right. That kind of undercuts it. So mm-hmm. it part of it is a subjective thing that is aimed a little bit better, and then part of it is an objective thing that's a little bit more sensible. Yeah. I think it's a combination of those two things. I have no insight into the actual production process of the game, though, but having so many diff- uh, so many disparate people involved in kind of the creation of it uh, without uh, – it feels like that has the possibility to have led to some of, the, some of the disjointedness of it, you know, bringing in as many writers as they did. You know, there is not as much of like a uh, like a like a central input, uh, or like a you know a, a central defining voice around all of it. Mm-hmm. I could also see that contributing to some of the uh, disjointedness there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's very easy to say what the final confrontation in Planescape Torment is a is with. Yes, uh, and much harder to say what the fuck does the sorrow count as, right. like generational like sins of the father, I guess. But I, I just, I don't know, not my responsibility. And maybe that, that resonates with more with people differently. Yeah. You know, uh, as somebody who lives within sins of the father, I don't uh, think about them that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew says, on my first playthrough, I fumbled my way through Saga's Cliffs, enjoying the freedom and the way the narrative felt like it was responding to all my choices to create an interesting story. I was free. I could choose. I could fail. Then I met a little fucker named Oom. <laughs> At first, Oom and I got along great. He was a little psychic cheat code that drew back the curtain on the mysteries of the tides, and he responded to my choices in a mechanically meaningful way. How cool. But then Oom grew hungry. This feedback group encouraged my degenerate gaming urges to collect points and maximize stats. Oom needed more red, so I had to pick the red choice. Oom feasted on my freedom, and by the time I reached the Valley of Heroes, I realized I was just playing the game to satisfy that jiggly tyrant. I quit. Uh, I didn't come back for a long time, but eventually I was pulled back because I remembered a little dangling plot line that I wanted to see resolved. Months later, I asked a close friend who had played it if it was worth it to replay the game just to, quote unquote, take the little girl who talks to a rock. He said yes. Went back and reacquainted myself with Rin and sent Oom to Mind Jail, where he belongs forever. Man, I never thought of uh, Oom as an attractive nuisance. Drag his ass. I, for me like there, there are mechanical benefits to having different tides maxed out for oom um, mm-hmm. so i get that the reason why the game it, this didn't have this effect on me was that uh one and this is a, a downside this isn't me handing it to the game tides didn't feel like they mattered that much yeah which tide it was uh and then also the game was not so rigorous that i needed those mechanical oom benefits right uh you know but not everybody has that you know it, you could want to have the optimal outcome to a mm-hmm. thing and i can i can definitely see where matthew's coming from in terms of optimism or yeah. optimizing yes yeah 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 um eric writes thanks for covering this one it gave me an excuse to bump it at the top of the queue 
I enjoyed the time that I spent with the game, uh, but ultimately I didn't finish it. Uh, after I passed a certain thing that you do with Rin, neither of the uh, NPCs quests uh, uh, or the main story um, uh, were strong enough to pull me along. So I did cool side quests in the bloom until I encountered enough friction to drop off. A major contributing factor was the combat and crisis gameplay. To me, it sat in an awkward middle ground between the deep and rigorous gameplay of something like the Shadowrun CRPGs or Divinity Original Sin 2, um, and games that abstract it away but are still mechanically driven, like Disco Elysium. They use they use it to cool effects a few times uh, in the latter half of the game for non-combat encounters, but the combat was never fun, and I skipped it at every opportunity. This was the same problem that I ran into with Planescape Torment, but I powered through that one just for the chance at another Dakon moment, uh, and I didn't have much hope for more of those in Torment Tides of Numenera. Yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's nothing, there's no Dakon, nothing that's quite Dakon level other than the end of Ren's Quest. Yeah, I think uh, in Tides of Numenera. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the balance out was the the balancing factor is that the combat is a little better and less frequent than it yes. is in Planescape Torment, but that's going to be a um, terminal velocity thing, right? Like, yeah. everyone's terminal velocity for how bad combat has to be to just not be worth bothering with yeah. is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was it was on the right side of it, but it's not it wasn't so far on the right side of it that like, I can't imagine somebody just being like, yeah, this is as tedious as it is in Planescape Torment. I do not appreciate the, this middle ground. It doesn't do enough. I can understand that perspective. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah. Uh, Abram says I kickstarted tides of Numenera and tried to play it a few times since it released in 2016, but it was your announcement of playing it for WAF that finally got me to sit down and play for more than a few minutes. I tend to bounce off the combat of CRPGs hard, but planned on doing a non-combat run. When it came to companions, I picked the non-combatants by accident. The first two companions I met, uh, told, I told to buzz off when given a choice. My reaction to glowy boy airship wrecker was fuck off forever. So I left him uh, behind. I didn't bother to swap anyone out or to take the escaped convict guy. So Rin, Um, and Matkina was my party for the whole game. Oh, wow. um, it is hard when you dump every point into intellect, uh, <laughs> try to take only non-combat skills and have a child and a blob in the party. But the narrative did enough for me. Uh, this game sings in its smaller moments of narrative and creative weirdness. The Tabat forced to speak of his failure was the thing that sold me on the game. The overall story being a sad dad tale was weird. Thanks for giving me the kick I needed to get through that rough opening and play the game that I bought nine years ago. A lot of people uh, uh, taking the show as an uh, inspiration to finally play this thing. We are influencers. I... Uh, what fashion should people wear? Clothes? <sighs> are they in this Jean- year? Jeans and a black t-shirt. Can't go in wrong. In this year. Can't go wrong. <laughs> it's a, yep. That's a closer in this year. Fashion mm-hmm. is turning to clothes. Ooh, clothing. Clothing. <laughs> Cover your shame. The sweet science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no additional thoughts on there. I just, uh, that sounds like a real rough go. Taking, uh, yep. taking Oom, Rin, and then anybody else. Ooh, I mean, Oom's um, fine for combat. Oom's good. You know, yeah. Matt Keen is good for combat as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's just uh, if your main character has no no abilities yeah. at it, that's yeah. that's a little rough. Yeah. Uh, Ethan writes, uh, and there are possible play. Uh, gosh, Pillars of Eternity uh, spoilers in this one, but it's about a location more than anything. 
Um, uh, they say, thanks for an awesome set of episodes on this game. I really enjoyed them. Uh, this is the first time that I played a game alongside the show and there's so much I could say about Numenera, but I just have to bring up the sheer coolness of a setting like the bloom. Uh, that may seem like an obvious thing to say. How could a giant flesh God abomination that houses an entire city inside it not be cool? Well, to preface, I recently got into CRPGs this year, and my first ever game in the genre was Pillars of Eternity. After that, I naturally moved on to Pillars of Eternity 2. Spoilers for one of the endgame dungeons for Pillars of Eternity 2. Uh, But one area in that game also just happens to be a massive flesh god abomination the size of a city. Well, certainly a winning area. Uh, when I got to the bloom and torment, I was a little worried about the setting running the setting running out of steam, uh, and that too, uh, too much of an awesome idea uh, in back to back games might get tiresome. Long story short, not the case. A sentient flesh pu- flesh pustule whose organs you can traverse will always be a kick ass idea, no matter how many games in a row. Uh, feature the setting. Uh, And I think that the articulations of the idea in both games were different enough to prevent it from feeling stale for me. The Bloom, like you said in the episode, is very much a city that society formed around, while uh, Pillars of Eternity 2's variation feels more like an archaeological dig into uncharted, unknowable territories. Torment's uh, take on it was enough to keep the setting fresh for me. Nice. Keeping Flush Town fresh. Yeah, uh, welcome to Fleshy Town. Uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, playing Pillars of Eternity too, and it's refreshing to know there's like some real good weirdness in that because mm-hmm. that's a, a thing that I feel like is lacking a little bit from Pillars of Eternity One, yeah. uh, which has some weirdness, but is is generally out of the you know the revi- the revolution, the new uh, uh, CRPG games is my least favorite of those, while still yeah. being fun. But yeah. um, the uh, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So well said. Yeah. Uh, we have one lowly shatter on Hong Kong response, which I will read. Uh, Andrew says the revised matrix in this game really worked for me. It gave matrix operations a very different feel and helped speed up that aspect of play significantly. It does feel a bit odd to have real time elements in what is normally a turn-based tactics game, but unlike the rare real world stealth sections that appear in this series, all the enemy line of sight is very obvious and easy to visualize. Yeah, it's, it's a step in the right direction mm-hmm. like i didn't i did not like the matrix in shadow in hong kong i do think it's better mm-hmm. than it was it's just i'm always going to compare things to the genesis version and that's not super flattering yes um you know i i i still don't think they got it i hope that if they yeah. do another one which i desperately want mm-hmm. um they uh keep trying and yeah. and land it i, I like what the matrix and Sha- the what the matrix in hong kong represents insofar as they just they understood that what they had ha- what they had before wasn't enough so they were trying you know they were trying mm-hmm. something right uh i don't know it's it, it's weird you know normally you want to grade what's on the plate it's like oh yeah this kind of sucks but just like failing that um uh what actually you know what that communicates to me about harebrained studios is harebrained schemes uh, as a studio is actually very flattering for them yeah and it, and it makes tons of sense to go stealth wise with yes. that like matrix is an infiltration mm-hmm. um it's it's a weird thing where like i think in terms of efficacy in hong kong they would just tune it a little bit differently like yeah. it should be a little bit easier to lower your alert level yeah um, you should have bigger levels where if like a little you know detector node guy sees you you're not very likely to get seen by another one mm-hmm. you know it, it should feel a little bit like infiltrating a place with guards and the levels just don't have the scope yeah for that 
yeah, yeah. it's not quite there to me but i am mm-hmm. certainly glad it worked for andrew and i do think it's closer yeah they, what they ought to do is just lift the mechanics from uh the hitman go game yeah absolutely <laughs> or deus ex go oh, which yeah. is very yeah. similar yeah um yeah uh moving on uh we're gonna we have some responses just thoughts about arcades because our premium episode this uh this month is about arcades arcade really weird that we haven't recorded it yet but we're doing responses now (laughs) that's coming a little bit later uh but uh but paul says arcades to me have always been about finding experiences that are simply impractical to have at home in the 80s and early 90s this included a broad swath of games due to power disparities between arcades and home hardware but as this gap shrank and eventually reversed it was truly the arcade only experiences that still make uh arcades special and perhaps none were more special than namco's alpine racer uh i love skiing but financial and geographic reality make actually getting to an actual mountain with actual snow a very rare treat uh, i've managed to scrape out a few weeks of time on the slopes across my life but uh all that time put together pales in comparison to the hours that i've spent on various alpine racer machines in various arcades uh this is the sort of game for which there can never be a true home equivalent uh the sort of special experience that requires the space and hardware only an arcade can provide uh do you have any arcade only favorites uh have you ever had the specific pleasure of an alpine racer uh i played alpine racer mm-hmm. um yeah it's uh it's fun it's really hard for me uh, yeah. as a non-skiist yes. uh there but i'll always play it if i mm-hmm. see it uh because it is absolutely arcade only and i've never yes. skied may surprise you uh that, that's not <laughs> a very gary sport uh as opposed to all the Gary sports that exist. Uh, <laughs> so golf. like it, it is yeah, very, very fun. Yeah. Mini golf, um, watching roller derby. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very, uh, unique and, and novel and cool. I like Alpine mm-hmm. racer quite a bit. Yeah. The equivalent of the, the equivalent of this that I played a lot when I was uh, a teen and will still check out if I, uh, if I see it is top skater. Mm, remember, yeah. Yeah. Remember top skater with the Pennywise soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh that yeah 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 absolutely yeah uh that one that one's fun just a downhill downhill skateboarding game where you uh you know do little faux kick flips uh to do yeah. tricks and stuff yeah. you tony hawk the ride your way yeah. down <laughs> yeah. except not on a yeah shitty thing that'll make you fall over and break your neck in your living room yeah. you'll fall over and break your neck in a public place where more people will be likely to call the cops <laughs> call the cops on you <laughs> how yeah, dare you you're arrested for irresponsible arcading as opposed to dying you know the hey there's a weird smell coming from the old ross place <laughs> which is a grim portent of your future yeah um you know just just playing the odds not trying to be <laughs> no no it's fine <laughs> I, 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 you think i haven't you think i haven't faced that down yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be in a while you know i'm not saying it's eminent <laughs> but you know weird look out the old ross place for weird smells <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone should do a uh, a wellness sniff by, by Cole's yeah, house. Don't, don't, don't bother me. But yeah, just, don't, uh, don't knock or anything. Just walk by and go and yeah, just see if yeah. there's anything a little bit fishy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nervous says, uh, way back in the late 90s, Central London had the multi-story arcade Sega Land. They had a bunch of misguided VR rides, including one with Space Captain Michael Jackson, you know, subject of a popular documentary, uh, and also just about every arcade cabinet. They even had rare stuff like Fighting Mania, Fist of the North Star, which is like Beat Mania with punching pad, uh, pads. It was a sad day when they closed their doors for good. 
But then in 2018, I heard that many of the rarer cabinets were bought by a free-to-play arcade. We went down uh, to the arcade, and the arcade turned out to be a big empty shop that smelled like a locker room. We found that Fighting Mania cabinet, poorly maintained, with a muffled speaker and broken punch pads. It was like seeing an old broken mule being trotted out for their final rodeo. Truly, sometimes (laughs) red is better. Uh, P.S. You guys were talking about Save the Dog on Abduct Suffering. Have you heard of Renal Summer? It's a match for a puzzle game where you play as an old dog's failing liver. <laughs> it looks too sad for me to play. Uh, uh, Re- Renal Summer has nothing to do with uh, the kidney or with uh, with the liver. That's a kidneys. It's kidneys a kidney thing. function thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh it, it, it is. A, you do play as a dog's kidney. Oh, okay. Uh, according cool. to the thing, this is this is a mistake on Nervous's part. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Real Renal Summer. Hot Renal Summer. <laughs> Uh, save the save the dog is is a little bit less heady than this. Yeah, uh, it's just drawing the lines to save a cartoon dog from cartoon bees. It's uh, <laughs> it's much stupider than this. This seems like almost like an art game. Yeah, uh, here. Yeah, it's about like it's it's, a, it's an old guy who is staring down his own uh, mortality uh, as his yeah. companion dies much faster than him. Oh, it's a race. <laughs> the, um is the goal of every dog to outlive their master i've I've not seen uh that fist of the north star game but i have played in a sega land uh mm. before they had one in seattle oh nice they did a big uh free play event once during a pax that me and nick went to mm-hmm. and there was a really cool game i cannot remember the name of it but it was like a subway shootout game with cover like you were you versus another person and you could duck and and take cover Behind cool. things and basically and that was really cool i wish i could remember the name of it mm-hmm. um but i love those uh, i love rare arcade cabinets in general mm-hmm. uh, that is a really huge reason to go to arcades is just see stuff you have never seen before yeah i uh, love that feeling mm-hmm. never been to uh to a sega town or whatever the, mm-hmm. the sega land there we go uh we had gameworks yeah. around where i was from and that also had a sega kind of deal like it was a sega sega thing so yeah uh, I have a little bit of follow-up here uh, that I wanted to include uh, 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 here. So Ryan writes in saying, probably too late, but Half-Life Alex is sort of a sore subject for me. I'm blind in my left eye due to a brain tumor that actually led uh, that actually led me uh, to a life of video games with my doctor practically prescribing three-year-old me an Atari 2600 to build hand and eye coordination. Fast forward 39 years and I've worked in games. I've worked in games my entire life, do- dodging uh, the 3D of the 3DS, etc. <laughs> so while stereoscopic 3D VR stuff doesn't work for me, the head tracking is still super rad. Uh, but I got stuck uh, at Alex about halfway through with the Demi Globe Connect the Dot puzzles. I can't do them. Uh, I do the first few and then check uh, check the fact to see that there were 10 more and I hard quit. Uh, I didn't get to meet Jeff, uh, which I am almost <laughs> which I'm almost entirely still unspoiled of, uh, except for the name. Uh, I also had a similar issue with the escape room sort of game static on the PSVR uh, with in between stage puzzles. Uh, my brain just can't do them with the fake depth. Yeah, I, th- yeah, this is a, a case of what we were talking about that like VR. I don't think VR is the future because it's not inclusive. Yes. Uh, you know, and not only do you need that economically, but also philosophically, it's what we should want. Yep. You know, uh, and just a uh, an entire medium that's, oh, not for you, though, uh-huh. you know, to a, to a bunch of people is is a non-starter. 
Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm happy with my Vera helmet. Uh, I'm my fiance. I got her one for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we're going to play some, some co-op stuff. I'm going to have fun with it, but I'm not looking for the future of gaming from it. No, no, you know, personally. Yeah. No, uh, like I could see there being a push if there, you know, is more development and investment saying like, okay, this is a game that requires stereoscopic 3d. And this is one that uh, can be played, uh, you know, just as a head tracking kind of deal. Uh, I could see maybe that 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 distinction being made in the name of uh, in the name of accessibility, but it is hard to uh, hard to see it happening very quickly. It is by nature it is by nature an exclusive uh, platform, and that's not great. There's a uh, there's a real chicken and the egg kind of thing that happens, right? So like having the development resources to have an alternative to yes. something like this requires a user base and enough money, yeah, uh, to do so which doesn't happen without an alternative to things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's, it's, it's really in a interesting spot. Like VR went from something like, I'm not a VR head guy. Like I like it, but I'm not super into it, but I love thinking about it in terms of games because it presents like a lot of really fascinating problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intersection of, of kind of technology and business as yeah. opposed to the intersection, uh, intersection of art and business, yeah, which is where we usually spend all of our time. Yeah. on the show so mm-hmm. uh, and final thing uh micah uh says in response to a question from the waf dispatch roundup for q4 in 2022 i feel i must explain that we inverters are not relics of a bygone age this is re- referring to people who invert their uh, the y-axis on games we are but simple folk who need the left stick to mean the same thing as the right stick and we are eternal in a 3d game the left stick is our body if you tilt a body forward, it runs or stumbles or falls forward. The right stick in contracts is your head. If you tilt a head forward, you will look down. In 3D games, both sticks mean to lean. In 2D games, however, the sticks mean slide. If tilting the left stick towards the screen means move my character up the screen, i.e. by climbing a ladder, tilting the right stick towards the screen should mean move the screen up rather than rotating your viewpoint downward, as in a 3D game. You are sliding it downward. Note, those who invert the camera's x-axis must think of the right stick as attached to the back of their heads. I think Cole mentioned this during the dispatch, and I want to insist that x-axis inverters are weird, and I'm not like them. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we enforce a very strict tribalism between these very minor distinctions. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, as long as there's a downhill. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, no, just uh we have that conversation conversation. That is probably the best way that I've heard it explained uh from somebody mm. who uh who inverts, you know. So yeah. uh well 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 done. Yeah, yeah. It's uh I got I got I don't know if we express this. I have no animus for people who invert. It's just not mm. for me, you know. Yeah. I don't I don't remember being particularly uh ferocious about it. I just don't I'll, think about them. I'll play that I just I yeah, don't, don't consider, consider I don't consider them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not people. <laughs> it just don't matter yeah yeah it was okay the cops said it didn't matter because they <laughs> um so thanks everybody for writing in we really appreciate you uh this is the last dispatch of the year uh it's been a great year mm-hmm. if uh you have a project you are not a cis white straight guy and you have a project you like this to highlight please send me an email at gary at duckfeed.tv i would love to fill up the hopper uh, for the mm-hmm. new year uh this episode i have a special shout out uh my fiance does a podcast with a diverse group of folk mm-hmm. uh that i'd like to shout out so okay. uh before anyone calls kotaku on me i'm disclosing 
This is uh, my fiance. Uh, okay. but she does a very good podcast called Lady Luna's Spice Shop. Um, this is a fiction, short form fiction podcast, a uh, about a melodramatic sorceress uh, and her apprentice Felix, mm-hmm. and they op- operate a secret potion shop uh, in a small town. Uh, mm-hmm. It is long running and goofy and fun, uh, and uh, has is a finite story. I get the sense that it, it's telling like a novel kind of story, yeah. uh, like a not novel like new, but novel like a a novel. Right. Uh, uh, so you can find this. Uh, this comes out Thursdays. Um, it kind of comes out in seasons. So the first episode drops today of the new mm. season. Uh, and you can find information at Studio T Rose. That's uh, T E A R O S E Rose. Or if you search uh, Studio T Rose in a podcast app, you can find it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, as I mentioned, so if you have anything like that that you'd like to shout out, please send me an email Gary at duckfeed.tv. Please do. Um, if you have thoughts about January's games, um, for any given month, uh, the deadline is the 15th of that month. The place where you go to, uh, write those in is, uh, duckfeed.tv slash contact. Uh, if you have thoughts about multiple games, please, uh, uh, separate those out into multiple responses. That just makes things, uh, easier for us. As a reminder, January's games are what remains of Edith Finch, Heretic, and Hades is our premium episode. Uh, for premium episodes, um, everybody gets the generalities, but patrons get the uh, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, go over there. If you back us at the you know premium waft here, you don't just get that month; you get every you know every previous one as well. So it's only getting more valuable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's review what we're doing February. in yeah in uh, in February. It's a, it's another big month. Yeah, excited about this month. Uh, excited everything we have on the year so far, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing we're doing uh, is Luca, Born of a Dream. This is a Metrovania, Metroidvania of a sort. Been a minute mm-hmm. since we've done that. That's a fun genre. So yep. really excited to do that. That is a patron pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is a Cole pick. Yeah, we're doing Citizen Sleeper. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of, you know, we just did Shadowrun. So it's, you know, a little, a little bit more cyberpunk, but it's a combination of, uh, let's say tabletop plus CRPG stuff, plus just a kind of, you know, branching story kind of, kind of, kind of deal. Yeah. seems really cool. I'm looking for My an excuse to play is it. It's kind of a disco Elysium like, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and people keep bringing it up. I'm really looking forward to playing it. I want an excuse to play mm-hmm. it. And speaking of wanting an excuse, uh, our premium episode for that is another game that's been long on our radar and many people have uh, requested us. This is a, a patron request from Jack Subnautica. Yeah, we're doing Subnautica, not uh, uh, Condition Zero or whatever it is, yep. Sub-Zero. Uh, I think Condition Zero not is Scorpion, a Counter-Strike game. Not yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, we're not going to be doing that because that's kind of its own kind of expansion game kind of deal. Base game, uh, regular one, Underwater Survival. I have played many hours of this. I fucking love it. Um, oh, that's great. I am looking I, forward. I have not, but yeah. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to an opportunity to uh, finish it out. I uh, bought it on sale on Switch. Does it play okay on Switch? I hear it's kind of chuggy, but I don't think that it's a a huge deal. Uh, You'll know within the first little bit if it's going to be a problem. Nice. Um, I don't know if we ever clarified this. For Heretic as well, we're doing the base campaign. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's an expansion for that as well. It's when you go to buy it on Steam. Uh, It's like Heretic and the Seven Horsemen or something like that. It's the Shadow of the Serpent Riders. Yeah, there we go. Something is Uh, riding. Yeah, (laughs) That's the the only uh, version you can get, but that includes the expansion. Uh, It's going to come through, which is five Doom episodes, which is a lot to do in one episode. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, so we're probably gonna do the first three, but rest assured, uh, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I love Heretic, but it is a Doom clone from the '90s. So yeah, it's uh yeah, um yeah. So yeah, and then uh, we got March's stuff all lined up, and it's really cool and interesting. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, uh, we appreciate you as always. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, you go to patreoncom TV. Uh, that'd be great. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, five dollars a month gets you all the bonus episodes, gets you responses on these episodes, and helps us out. Yeah. Cool. Well, I yeah. can't think of anything more. Um, thanks, thanks again, everybody who watched and donated during uh, during Duckstream. Uh, yeah. uh, incredibly heartening. Have a, uh, a, a happy and uh, safe New Year's, please. Please do take care of yourself. <laughs>